0: Hi, this is Mark Raven. Welcome to episode 113 of Lean Blog Audio. This is a post I published on January 7th, 2016, titled, Dr. Don Berwick is stunned, quote unquote, by how few organizations study Deming. Now, yesterday on the blog, I shared some more notes uh, from watching part three of the 1980 NBC documentary titled, If Japan Can, Why Can't We?, that featured W. Edwards Deming. Next week on Monday, I'll release episode 238 of my original podcast series, which is a discussion with Kevin Cahill, one of Dr. Deming's grandsons. And you'll be able to find that at leanblog.org slash 238. I think you'll really enjoy his memories and reflections on Dr. Deming's work. Now, one of the first people in healthcare to be influenced by Deming is Dr. Don Berwick. He's the founder of the Institute for Healthcare Improvement. He was the uh, administrator for CMS uh, under the Obama administration. Now, Dr. Berwick wrote about Deming's ideas back in 1989 in the New England Journal of Medicine, as I blogged about in a, a post titled, Dr. Don Berwick Ahead of His Time on Kaizen in 1989. You can find a link to that and everything else mentioned here if you go to the post uh, for this episode at leanblog.org audio113. So there's a, an article I found. It's from December 2015. It was floating around social media the other day, and I'll give a hat tip to uh, Paul Levy uh, for sharing that. The headline said, "Don Berwick offers healthcare nine steps to end era of complex incentives and excessive measurement." And again, the link is at leanblog.org/audio113. Among the points that Dr. Berwick makes. Um, you know, here's the one most directly related to Deming, Lean, and Continuous Improvement. It was point five. It said, recommit to improvement science. For improvement methods to work, you have to use them. And most of, most of us are not. I'm trying to be polite, but I'm stunned by the number of organizations I visit today in which no one has studied Deming's work. No one recognizes a process control chart. No one has mastered the power of testing PDSA, etc. cetera. You can see the proof of concept, this is beyond theory now, end of quote. So I share Dr. Berwick's view, and, and, and maybe I would say disappointment, that most healthcare organizations today don't really practice any of Deming's methods or teachings. And this is you know, too often true in organizations that would say they're quote-unquote implementing lean. People remember Dr. Deming, and they know of PDSA, but very few really get an opportunity to practice PDSA they're not being encouraged to do it, or they're not being coached well by leaders who understand it, there's a lot of lip service. I see charts posted on the walls of organizations, but there's very little understanding of SPC or control chart thinking, as I've blogged about many times before. Instead of using Deming's approach, we see instead dysfunctional things like arbitrary targets, slogans, and admonishments to do better, and a lack of distinction between special cause and common cause variation in measures and organizations and whether we call it deming or pdsa or lean or improvement science dr Berwick is right that we have many proofs of concept it's beyond theory also that lean can make a big difference in healthcare. and it frustrates me that we have such powerful proofs of concept that aren't leading to everybody fully embracing lean part of the problem is that organizations think they are embracing lean But they won't get the results of, say, a ThetaCare or Virginia Mason or others if they don't follow the process of those organizations or those like them. Training a few green belts or using a few lean tools here or there won't bring the same results as the widespread culture change in management systems that we see um, at the best lean health systems. Now, I recently talked to somebody at a health system who lamented that they had what they described as a lack of energy around lean. They had originally trained about a dozen green belts who were supposed to then get 20% of their time dedicated to improvement work. But that didn't happen. There was no real effort uh, to give them time to do improvement work. Lean became the lowest priority within the organization, they said. And that's not the fault of green belts, that's a leadership problem. If your executives don't have enthusiasm for lean and if they can't make time for it, well, no one else in the organization will either. Now, one of my resolutions for 2016 is to fret and complain less about organizations who aren't making progress or seem not to get it. And if people don't get it, whose fault is that, though? Um, In the training within industry method, they say, if the student hasn't learned, the teacher hasn't taught. And of course, if people aren't even trying to be students, maybe that's not the teacher's fault. They don't have a teacher. How many executives would claim to be leading a lean transformation without studying lean or reading a book themselves, such as my book Lean Hospitals. So my friend Paul Levy, you know, he's a, a former hospital CEO, wrote a few interesting tweets about this. As somebody who's also trying to teach and influence others, he said in one tweet, Coach John Wooden used to say, you haven't taught if they haven't learned. Um, he, he asked about the effectiveness of, of those who advocate for lean if, if there are complaints that lean isn't spreading. Maybe our pedagogical approach is deficient, he said in another tweet. And he wrapped up the string of tweets by saying, sorry, I see a lot of lecturing at people versus motivating them. That doesn't work in any environment, especially not healthcare. So why don't more organizations embrace stemming lean and improvement science? Why do many who say they embrace it do so half-heartedly? What do you think? I'd love to hear your comments. Come to leanblog.org audio113 to be part of the discussion.